Tonight, falling prices and rising interest rates, a new read on Canadian real estate. Fresh signs of a shifting housing landscape. It really afforded us the ability to get into the market. Buyers and sellers weigh the cost benefits. Dozens of tornadoes carve a catastrophic path in the southern U.S. I'm just grateful to God to be alive. And a rash of weather warnings across Canada. I have one complaint. Uh, they block in the driveways. Plus, tributes pour in for Lisa Marie Presley. The shocking death of the king's only daughter. I, I got chills. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Reporting tonight, John Benavalli Rao. Good evening. We begin tonight with a hopeful sign when it comes to real estate for Canadians desperate to get a foot in the door. New data shows the sky-high prices keeping some from owning a home have fallen year over year for the first time since the financial crisis 15 years ago. With more, here's CTV's Heather Butts. Canada's housing market finally cooled last fall after being red hot through most of the pandemic. A Royal LePage survey shows the median price of a home was $757,000. That's down 2.8% compared to the year before. The decline helped first-time buyers like Tambeka Pratt, who was discouraged by the housing market when we met her back in July. Combined, we're making almost $200,000. We're like, oh, we should be able to afford like anything. And that's when like reality set in. But that reality changed in the fall. With more moderate prices, Pratt and her fiance were able to make a purchase. When we got the call that we got the place, like I was just like speechless for things to just take such a quick turn and then actually get the unit that we actually liked. We were just so excited. The overall drop, a result of seven interest rate hikes last year, pricing more people out of the market. It makes purchasing a home a lot more expensive because of high mortgage rates. Uh, and so the demand for housing is not there. Sales have dropped and, and house prices have come in. Pratt had to weigh those pros and cons of purchasing at a time like this. So although it doesn't feel um, amazing to pay like high interest at this uh, time, it really afforded us the ability to get into the market. And honestly, that's all we ever wanted. Some of those who got into the market earlier are now struggling. There are reports in Toronto of a rise in forced sales by private and alternative lenders, those who can't keep up with their mortgage payments. For the individuals who are going through it, it's one of the hardest things that could happen. While prices are expected to remain low early this year, they're still well above what they were before the pandemic. That means many are still unable to buy, which is also leaving the rental market stretched. John. All right, Heather Butts leading us off tonight. Thank you. Stateside in Alabama, authorities are still trying to figure out if everyone's accounted for after a series of deadly tornadoes. More than 40 tore across six southern states, killing at least nine, including a five-year-old child. With more on the destruction and the cleanup, here's CTV's Washington Bureau Chief, Joy Malvin. High above the historic city of Selma, Alabama, famous for the civil rights movement, a clearer picture 
of the devastation, a trail of destruction that has left many in tears. It's a lot to take. I've been trying to salvage what I can all day, and it's just hard. It's hard. Communities cleaning up and grateful as they pick through the rubble. Oh, my God. After a string of terrifying tornadoes tore through their homes with little warning. We got in the, the bathtub and I heard the train sound. So I picked um, Bubba up in my lap and just told him to hold on to mommy. Lord, we could have been gone, y'all. Holding on to their lives, they expected storms, but not this many or this ferocious. This tornado flipped a tractor trailer on its side. Many caught off guard had just minutes to find somewhere to hide. We jumped out the car and ran into Laney's, and we all got in the freezer. A lot of praying and calling on Jesus. Tornadoes ripped off roofs, crushed cars, snapped power lines. This tree, it's still standing, but look, it's wrapped in metal. More than three dozen tornadoes from Alabama through Kentucky, stretching to the Carolinas and Georgia. It's rare for this time of year, but climate researchers say get used to it. And it's not uncommon for a few reasons. One is, it's probably climate change. And so these clusters, these outbreaks, these large event days, those are what we are seeing more of. More frequent and more frightening. Alabama declared a state of emergency touring the damage. The governor was shocked at what she saw. It's far worse than I had envisioned. Rooftops are gone. Trees sticking up like toothpicks. It's, it's rough. And the danger isn't over just because these storms have passed. Thousands are without power. It's freezing and more severe weather is on the way, John. Okay, challenging times there. Thanks, Joy. In southern Ontario, police say a worker has now died after being critically injured in a fire at a hazardous waste facility. Flames broke out early Thursday in St. Catharines, triggering a series of explosions and forcing the evacuation of nearby homes. The worker, in his 30s, was rushed to hospital. He had serious burns. The fire marshal expects it'll take a week or more to figure out what caused the fire. And police in Quebec say it will at least be days before they know what caused an explosion that leveled a propane facility north of Montreal. Two employees and a subcontractor are still missing and presumed dead. As CTV's Vanessa Lee reports, foul weather and a complex scene are slowing down the search for victims. Answers can't come soon enough for this small Quebec community. People here are heartbroken. Isabelle Lafortune helps run the family business where the explosion happened. She is offering her sympathies to the families of two of her workers and a subcontractor. She says it's the first time the propane company is coping with tragedy in its 67-year history. The investigation is complex. Several factors are hampering the search for the missing, including heavy snow and flammable materials on site. We have some dangerous products on the scene. Uh, we have to be careful for the police officers that are searching on the scene, and we have to do it precisely, so not rapidly, but do it the right way. The blast forced the evacuation of nearby homes and businesses and has shaken this town of 5,000. Police say the evidence so far does not point to anything suspicious or criminal. Quebec's public security minister calls it an immeasurable tragedy. 
it's quite catastrophic to see uh, to see this fire, this explosion. So uh, we're here to support uh, the community, the family, and the friends. Pathologists will be heading to the scene to help police with their investigation. They say going through the devastation will take days. John. Okay, Vanessa, thank you. Well, an explosion in a gas pipeline in central Lithuania is being blamed on a technical accident. The blast sent flames 50 meters into the air and forced the evacuation of a nearby village, though no injuries or significant supply disruptions were reported. Repairs on the pipeline will begin tomorrow. And today, in a virtual address to Lithuanian lawmakers, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky proclaimed his country is inching towards victory. While in the war zone, Russia claimed it has seized a small yet consequential eastern city. New video shows this building exploding into flames in Solodar. It appears to have been a shelter for Russian troops. Here's Chief International Correspondent Paul Workman. The grinding assault on Solidar seemed to become a Russian military obsession. To take this small, not very important, mining town at all costs. This is what Russian viewers saw on television. Fighters with the Wagner Mercenary Group waving a victory flag out of a bombed-out window. Last night, we completed the liberation of Solidar, said the Defense Ministry, and will focus next on the more important city of Bakhmut. Ukrainian drone video of a medical evacuation showed the town's utter destruction, described by one official as a 21st century version of Verdun, the longest battle of the First World War with huge loss of life. Even as Ukraine said it was still in control of parts of Solidar, including the salt mine itself. 324 the heavy fighting for Solidar continues, Ukraine's president said tonight, after 324 days of full-scale war. Whatever the truth, a Russian victory would be largely symbolic. A propaganda win, says Ukraine, making little difference on the battlefield. Most of all, this is more about them gaining some success in weeks and months of failure. Ukraine has confirmed that some 500 civilians remained in Solidar, trapped in the ruins and the rubble as the fighting raged around them. The cost of both taking and defending one small mining town pretty much defines the fighting in Ukraine, a war that has ground to a standstill with both countries building up for a massive and bloody springtime offensive, John. All right, thank you, Paul. And a stunning operation has saved the life of one injured Ukrainian soldier. The Ukrainian army says he wound up with an unexploded grenade lodged right next to his heart. Military doctors delicately removed the device from his chest, which was likely fired using a grenade launcher. Here in this country, some promising news for strained hospitals with the flu season officially winding down. The latest Flu Watch report says influenza continues to circulate but has declined sharply below pre-pandemic levels nationwide. On the West Coast, the new Omicron subvariant Kraken is on the rise in B.C. but still far from being the dominant strain. We do have the best um, protection that we have through vaccination. That level of immunity in our communities is that buffer. 
The province now has 24 infections of that Kraken subvariant. From around the world of music and beyond, the tributes and expressions of grief continue to pour in for Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's only child, who died suddenly Thursday at the age of 54 of a cardiac arrest. While Presley walked in her father's footsteps, she also forged her own way. Los Angeles Bureau Chief Tom Walters on her storied and stormy life in the limelight. Fans of Lisa Marie Presley began showing up at Graceland last night. It's heartbreaking. At the Golden Globes on Tuesday, she had appeared unsteady. Yeah, I, I'm going to grab your arm. Paramedics were called to her California home yesterday, and she died in hospital. Lisa Marie Presley was born famous, the only child of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. Her father encouraged her to sing too, but she was 35 before she braved the burden of expectations with the first of three albums. Sort of making my own um, thumbprint, fingerprint in my own way with music has been very calming, I think, for me. But much in her life was tumultuous. She married and divorced four times. Musician Danny Keough, famously Michael Jackson, for four months, Nicolas Cage, and producer Michael Lockwood. She had four children, spoke openly about battles with addiction. I had bottom, like below bottom. And was devastated in 2020 by the suicide of her son, Benjamin. The tributes pouring in today are not the first. This is just a huge honor for us. Last year, with her mother and daughters, she had her handprints cast in cement at Hollywood's famed Chinese theater. But anyone looking for those marks today was disappointed. Fame can be a fickle thing. And with more celebrity tributes than can be displayed at any one time, we are told the slab with Lisa Marie's prints is currently in storage. In the song Lights Out, her prophetic lyrics hinted at there being room for her in the family graveyard at Graceland. Today, her family confirmed she will be buried there with her father and her son, who also died too young. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. The son of legendary stunt performer Evil Knievel has also died. Like his dad, Robbie Knievel was an accomplished daredevil jumping over military aircraft, police cars, and fountains in Las Vegas. Knievel died in Reno, Nevada after battling pancreatic cancer. He was 60 years old. And later in the show, we will pay tribute to Canadian rocker Robbie Bachman, who also passed away. He was the co-founder of Bachman Turner Overdrive. Time for a short break, but when we come back... Working from home, and I think that was the plan for most, most people in my office. Winter warnings, Canadians getting the cold shoulder. Plus, the demand baked right in for the Montreal bagel shoes. Winter is hitting hard in parts of the country tonight, with six provinces facing weather alerts ranging from snowstorms and extreme cold to heavy rain. CTV's Atlantic Bureau Chief, Creason Edgkade, with a nationwide look at how Canadians are dealing with some difficult conditions. People had no choice but to dig out. After more than 25 centimeters of snow was dumped on Ottawa's streets since Wednesday. My wife and I did first pass when it settled and then it started again. While clearing the way can be tough for some, 
It didn't faze two-year-old Caleb and his mom. It is what it is, so it's, it's, it's a kind of exercise for us <laughs> to shovel. The storm canceled school buses in Ottawa and delayed flights at the airport. Working from home, and I think that was the plan for most, most people in my office as well. In B.C., an atmospheric river brought a downpour of rain instead of snow, causing rivers and streams to rise rapidly. Some of the heaviest hit areas would be like western part of Vancouver Island, where some places have gotten over 200 millimeters of precipitation. North of Victoria, some roads were underwater, with some drivers deciding to take a risk and push forward. On the East Coast, all four Atlantic provinces are under weather alerts for freezing rain or heavy rain and snow. I like the snow, but shoveling is a lot of work. I did get pushed in here. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get out of it. Both New Brunswick and PEI were hit the hardest by the snow, forcing all schools to close in both provinces. This school bus in Amherst slid off the road but there were no injuries and students were transported by another bus. The weather warnings in Atlantic Canada are not over yet, with parts of Newfoundland expecting to see up to 80-kilometer winds with a risk of freezing rain over the weekend. Krisinachkate, CTV News, Halifax. Well, today's stormy weather wasn't about to stop hundreds of diehard sneakerheads from descending on a Montreal store. Check out the massive lineup as people stood and waited in the weather to get their hands on something Nike has cooked up, an homage to the Montreal bagel. The sneakers made to look like it's covered in sesame seeds, and even at $160 a pop, plenty of buyers were hungry for them. The design of them, it's, it's literally made from Montreal, so it's, it's something special about them. I don't... The vibes have been really cool at the line. It's great. For bagel-loving locals, it may be the perfect pair of sneakers, though don't count on seeing too many of them on the streets. Uh, they're okay, you know. I Personally, I wouldn't wear them. If, they're gonna, if I'm going to keep them, I'm going to keep them on display. Meanwhile, another place known for its bagels, the state of New Jersey, playfully tried to take a bite out of the buzz, tweeting, New Jersey is the uncontested bagel capital of the world, and showing a pair of the Montreal Dunk Low shoes being dunked into the trash, throwing some shade. Still ahead, a billionaire's pay cut. Why Apple boss Tim Cook agreed to slash his own pay package by nearly half. It's not the sort of thing you might expect from a CEO, but the head of Apple has asked for and received a major pay cut. Tim Cook will lose more than 40% of his annual earnings. The company says he requested the change after a shareholder vote about his overall compensation showed support for it was down from the year before. But don't feel too badly if you add up his salary, cash incentives, and stock awards. Cook will still make $49 million U.S. this year. Authorities in Texas say a missing leopard from the Dallas Zoo has been found following a day-long search and the disappearance is now being treated as a criminal act. The clouded leopard named Nova was not injured and was located not far from her original habitat. Police say the fence of the 25-pound cat was intentionally cut. The zoo was shut down as staff and officers searched the grounds. And a rare celestial treat has astronomers buzzing with a bright green comet set to make its first flyby of the Earth in around 50,000 years. 
The icy visitor will make its closest approach in about three weeks. And while 40 million kilometers away, it should be visible using binoculars and possibly even with the unaided eye. After the break, the groove is gone. Remembering the Hall of Fame drummer who took care of business. Finally tonight, we bid farewell to Robbie Bachman, the prairie-born drummer who provided the hard-driving backbeat for the 70s rockers Bachman-Turner Overdrive. He has died at the age of 69, and as CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier reports, his passing marks the end of a key chapter in Canadian music history. The songs of Canada's Bachman-Turner Overdrive helped define 1970s rock. And the heartbeat of BTO's sound came from Robbie Bachman. Yesterday, he passed away. Older brother Randy Bachman tweeting, He was an integral cog in our rock and roll machine, and we rocked the world together. And posting an old photo of the band. Robbie Bachman was a founding member of the Winnipeg-based band and sat behind the kit for hits like Taking Care of Business and You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. They had so many of these, these hits. Music historian Alan Cross says while Randy Bachman had the spotlight, BTO wouldn't have been the same without Robbie. That rhythm that he laid down was an essential part to the band's sound. It made you think of driving down the highway. BTO disbanded in 1980, followed by years of legal fighting over the band name, but the original members reunited in 2014 as they were inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame by astronaut Commander Chris Hadfield. This came at a good time, and we're very honored to get it. They were later interviewed by Hadfield, but Bachman also had a few questions for the Canadian space traveler. Is space as cold as Winnipeg? It's minus 140. Oh, it's colder than Winnipeg. Well, their city may not compete with space, but their music has been there. In 2006, the crew of NASA's shuttle Atlantis used taking care of business as their wake-up call. Atlantis, Houston, on the big loop. Good morning. A legacy that has transcended the planet and reached generations of fans. Robbie Bachman was 69 years old. Bill Fortier, CTV News, Edmonton. Some great songs there. That is it for us tonight. I'm John Benavalli Rao for Omar Sachedina and all the rest of us at CTV National News. Thanks for watching. Sandy Ronaldo will be here tomorrow. Have a good night and a great weekend.